InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. A significant number of community water systems have service lines containing lead. Replacing lines is costly, so decisions must be made to prioritize funding. Here with the story, InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Joining us now is Dr. Sean McElmory, professor in the Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering at Wayne State University in Detroit. Professor, the American Waterworks Association reports 30% of the community water systems it surveyed had some service lines containing lead. How common is the problem of lead in water around the nation? The lead service line problem that has come to light with places like Flint, Michigan and Newark is actually revealing a problem that we've long known we've had. However, we haven't been good about actually defining the problem. In a lot of the older communities, we do still have lead pipes remaining. Very few communities have gone through the effort like Milwaukee and Lansing, Michigan to actually go through and systematically eradicate the old lead service lines. How much of a problem they are is somewhat balanced by engineering controls that we do when we manage our water systems. So the drinking water operators purposely maintain water quality that limits or tries to minimize the amount of lead that goes into water. And aren't there quite a few daycares and schools at risk of lead contamination in their drinking water? There are some schools and some daycares that do have lead in drinking water. The source of that lead is slightly different. Where in residential homes, the lead service line is one of the primary sources. In schools and larger buildings, we tend not to have lead service lines. Rather, we have old plumbing material that does contain some lead. So it's a slightly different problem, but yes, it too can be a source of lead. So with limited funding and lots of need, how does your report help officials prioritize which water systems get assistance first? What we've basically offered here is a framework for trying to identify which areas of the water system should be repaired first. Imagine if we were told there's 20 car accidents per year in a certain area and we decided we were going to go repair the roads. Well, just going through and repairing the roads based on potholes might not really resolve the number of car accidents. It might be wiser to look at where those cars go off the road. And in water systems, we don't quite track the kind of health data to help us do this. We do track the number of violations to the Safe Drinking Water Act. However, that's a pretty high bar for a violation. And those violations have been found not to be very reliable, and they certainly aren't reported the same across uh, different types of communities. So we're offering a way to balance some of those risk factors and identify areas that would most benefit from investment. Now, one of your colleagues, the study's lead author, said that when people experience health risks from water, there are also other types of environmental risks to consider as well. So what sorts of risks are also involved? As we were talking about lead in water, lead comes from multiple sources. It can come from the air that we breathe. It can come from lead in drinking water. It can also come from old lead-based paints. 
and from dust. All of these sources contribute to lead exposure. So one of the things that we do in this paper is we try to identify areas that have a higher lead burden. And if we are trying to reduce that lead burden, how much does improving that on the water system level help to reduce the overall risk rather than just kind of not considering the overall risk? And the study's lead author is? Dr. Sarah Swetchnow. Very good. We're visiting with Dr. Sean McElmory, professor in the Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering at Wayne State University in Detroit. The school and partners are out with a new study to help officials decide which public water systems at risk of lead and water should be prioritized for assistance. Professor, the giant infrastructure bill that Congress passed includes $15 billion for replacing lead pipes and service lines. How big a dent do you believe that will make on the problem? of lead in drinking water systems? Well, it's going to make a big dent. Unfortunately, it's not going to be enough. We go through in the paper that we recently published in Environmental Science, Technology, and Engineering, and we estimate it's going to be about $13 billion short in just doing lead service line replacements. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't other potential sources of funding to do that, but it's not going to resolve that one issue. And we have to balance many other different needs for our infrastructure. Overall, our infrastructure funding gap, the amount that we are going to have versus the amount that we're going to need is estimated to increase to over $130 billion by 2039. So there's a big, big need for funds in our water infrastructure. So on that legislative front, let's drill down on what you just said. What kinds of bills would you like to see states or the federal government pass? What needs to be done? Well, I think this is a good first step. This is really going to help fill an immediate need. However, I actually think there needs to be a change in the way that we manage these systems on the long term. What kind of got us into this problem is that we didn't have a sustainable plan for reinvesting in systems. And so as some areas of the country maybe fell on hard times or had population changes, you know, their economy went down, the people that remained in those areas tended to have to hold the bag, if you will. They had to be able to come up with more money to replace the money that was coming into their community for those that had left. And so I'd like to see a more sustainable plan going forward. And I would like to also see legislation that focuses on trying to integrate some of the potential data sources that we really don't have to make sound decisions. For instance, it would be wonderful if we actually measured health outcomes that were aligned with actual water systems. And right now, the two are not aligned. When we look at water systems, it's hard to measure the health outcomes of people that live in that area. And so I'd like to see those aligned so that we can make better, sound, more sustainable decisions. And on the data point matter, what about making programs to reduce lead in schools mandatory for across the country? Is that doable? Doable is a question that I don't know I'm the best person to answer. I think it's absolutely required. I mean, it's really sad to me to think that we accept risk for our next generation of kids 
lead has a lifelong impact. And so many of these things are going to have returns on investment, if you will, if you just look from a financial perspective. And I don't think that should be our sole decision marker, but there's a lot of reasons why we should do this. And I just think ethically, we absolutely should remove lead from exposure to kids, period. Well, for people concerned about their own health at home, are the water filtration systems sold for home use effective in removing lead from water? There are filters that do remove lead, and they're very good at doing this if they're applied properly. And you'll see these filters called point-of-use filters that's right at the end of the faucet they're put on. They're usually made of a activated carbon block, and this block essentially filters out or removes lead at the point. However, they're not perfect. They reduce flow. They add cost to the consumer as they have to replace the filter. And they have other effects on our water. It's not a perfect solution. It's kind of like a Band-Aid. And so I think we need to make sure that we're focused on eliminating the underlying problem rather than putting a Band-Aid on it. Dr. Sean McElmory, professor at Wayne State University in Detroit. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks.